Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. After working for 10 years in media buying and planning at various agencies, Josh Bernstein started his own business in 2012, Josh Bernstein Media. Josh serves his clients by providing expert advice on all things Google Ads and paid search. Though Josh primarily serves clients primarily in the metro Atlanta area, his services are available worldwide. Here today to talk about family and work and also debunk common myths about freelancers is Josh Bernstein. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm excited to have you on, but before we get into kind of the guts of it, I'd love for you to give us like a 30 second uh, background on you uh, more than what I just uh, explained in the intro. Yeah, I've been uh, in advertising for about 20 or so years now. The first, uh, well, the first 10 started out as a traditional media buyer, so TV, radio, you know, print, newspapers, if you remember those, magazines, uh, billboards. And this is, these are billboards when they use paper. <laughs> you know, that's how I guess how old I am now. Yeah, yeah not, not, not these fancy not digital these fancy, ones now. Fancy pants digital stuff. No, these are, <laughs> you know, paper billboards that would, you know, you had a bad storm, you got to redo it and all, you know, things like that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, do that. For, you know, I had uh, started out at a, a traditional media buying agency, then went over to the digital side. Uh, that was for about three years, got, you know, had enough of that and went over to a client side role for about you know two years and then. They got acquired and you know how acquisitions go and things like that. So basically I said, you know, we can get more into this later. Enough is enough. You know, why don't we try instead of looking for a job, looking for work? And I think yeah. there's a big difference there. Yeah. And sort of did, literally went went after it by the seat of my pants way before working at home was a thing. And here we are about 10 and a half years later. You know, it, it's funny that it, it, you made me think with the the billboards and the paper version of it, uh, like in, I don't know, some number of years, are kids going to be like, wait, that was a thing? Just like pay phones. Like, wait, was, that was a thing? People used to paste uh, stuff up to do pay billboards? Phones and, and then uh, even rotary phones that you used at home. Right. If, you know, if you get number wrong, you got to start over. Things like that. Yeah. You know, you're the big wheel, if you will, things like that. So. Or, or, or if you went one short, you could try to pretend and do it by hand and yeah, flash the thing to add. And it's yeah, that almost never worked. I think you and I, you know, which seems like it'll be like we're similar to that age. Like, it's funny because I'm sort of the age where I did my, you know, college applications on a typewriter at the time <laughs> still, you know, but by yep. the time got out of college, it's like, okay, you know, here's email. It's taken off, you know, the internet really the early days, the internet, you know, the, the early 2000s, all the dot-com. So definitely I've seen a big transition, Yeah, you know, from, 
tradition, not just traditional media, obviously, but traditional ways of communication yep. versus what, you know, things that would take you hours to do. Now I could do in 10 minutes and email it or, you know, down, upload it away. So. I, I definitely uh, applied to college with a typewriter. And thankfully, uh, the college I went to did not require any essays. Uh, so that, that would have been right. painful and, and I'm not a great essay, or at least I wasn't a great essay writer then. I probably still am not now, but, but let me ask you about you. Like why, why is it that you've been working in advertising, um, all of this time? Like, what is it that interests you about advertising and kind of marketing like this? I, I think it's just really, regardless of the channel you're doing it, whether it was traditional or digital, uh-huh. it's really the. It's really this getting a sense to help people out, first of all, and really leaning on clients to help them out. That's a big thing I take for all my, you know, clients is, okay, you know your business the best. Let me use my expertise and you use your expertise and let's, you know, join forces to get the best out of it. And what I mean by using the client's expertise is they know their business. So for, you know, for Google advertising and paid search, what I do now is say, Tell me more about your business. Tell me how you interact with clients. Do you interact with them remotely? Are you doing online sales? Do they come to you? Are you a service provider? Do you go to people's homes? Things like that. And from there, I'm able to get a sense of how you want to how you want to sort of structure these campaigns for advertising. Also, how you want to set up uh, geotargeting for these campaigns. That's a that's a big deal. Obviously, you only want to show ads. Where your clients want to do business. You never want to assume, oh, you're just, you know, we'll just show ads wherever you want in Atlanta or wherever. <laughs> it's not the best strategy. So I want to right. always go ahead and, okay, talk. Rule one is like, how do you onboard with clients, which is one of the dumbest things I always get asked because I talk to them. I ask about their business. I want to know what they want to accomplish when somebody goes to your website. What do you want them to do? It's not just about... Oh, I have a website and what do I do with it? That's, you know, that's not why you need a website. You need to get, it's, you know, whether it's for information, people doing research, they want to buy something, they want to set up an appointment, they want to make a reservation, you know, et cetera. The end goal is always best articulated by the client at the end of the day. Because yeah. Yeah. I can send a thousand clicks a day to a website. If the website stinks, we've wasted a lot of time and money. Yeah. So that's, and that's the other, so when it comes to like, you know, why do I, you know, what's, you know, circling back, okay, why advertise it? Because it's a chance to help people who need a service and just don't have the time. And like, and it's like any other service, you know, sometimes I'm not going to do my own plumbing usually. I'm not going to repair my car usually. And it's the same way. It's like, especially when you're dealing with potentially a large sums of money on these plat advertising platforms, you got to have somebody who knows what they're doing and knows how to set it up. So you're not spending money. You don't have to spend and everything's being targeted and sent to potential customers and clients for somebody the right way. So um, what's interesting, uh, that's fascinating um, uh, why you think, uh, advertising is kind of the way for you. Um, but I'd love to hear it, it, like, was this your first time doing something entrepreneurial? Um, and did you even view it as entrepreneurial when you went to do this? Or is there something like when you were 
younger, when you were a kid? Like, what's the first entrepreneurial thing you did? No, this was really the first. They never thought of it this way. It was more about, you know, being out of a job, having a little bit of a cushion, at least financially, because of, you know, severance and some other things that, you know, happened with my last full time employer getting, yeah. you know, you know, with some stuff. So had a little how, bit of how long of a how long of a runway did you have? Uh, oh, like I, I don't know for sure. I mean, it was it wasn't that it wasn't a long runway because I sort of, you know, I took a few, you know, a few months off and I was like, all right, let's, you know, stuff started to happen. And then, yeah. So it's not like I planned any of this. It's like, okay, <laughs> I've got X amount here. I can do this and live off that for a little bit. I didn't do it. No, wasn't any kind of forward thinking that so way. This was a total accidental entrepreneur kind of situation. Yeah. Total accident. Not even, not even entrepreneurial to start more like, okay, who do I know? Not many people. And, um, in terms, in terms of like people who could, you know, give me work. So it was a lot of networking, LinkedIn, networking, things like that. And starting to meet people, you know, then starting, you know, step by step, getting some referrals and then getting more referrals back from people. So it's really starting to build a base and a name for everything. And uh, that's sort of how things got rolling. And, you know, clients come and go, obviously, but thankfully been able to maintain a very good pace overall and support, you know, myself and family now for the last, you know, 10 plus years. And that's really the biggest, that's really the biggest objective of all this is like, you know, you got to make money, you know, cause you're spending money. You're going to spend money reg- like it or not. So you gotta, you gotta keep it coming in. So when you, uh, when you, uh, had to step out, um, when all of this happened, um, how did you get started? Did you like, uh, you know, how, how did you find your first customer or your client? Did they well, come to you? Did you funny. go to them? Well, yeah. First customer is actually the old company. They, they sort of got me back on track as a but this time as a freelancer, as a, you know, contractor. Yeah. So it's basically doing the same stuff for a while until they got they got bought out and meaning like they, they, everything got sort of moved to this company's corporate office. So that was got it. one of those deals. But it was a good foundation, I assume for you, because you already knew. It was a good foundation because financially it was good enough at the time to support some things. And then I had enough bandwidth to start really building something that I wasn't, sh- that I really didn't know I was building it at the time, but that sort of all fell together that way. Yeah. Was there anything um, when you were doing this that um, kept you up at night, like concerned you, worried you about doing this on your own versus like being like, hey, I'm just going to go get another job? Yeah, there was a, there was also a I'll say there's a wasn't a concern or a fear per se. It was more of the balance. OK, yes. Was I still looking for jobs at the time? Probably. But I, there was a, just a lot of stuff I was like, yeah. It's not interested, really wasn't interested in going back to an agency full time. It had to be an absolute, you know, great fit. Yeah. And, you know, the corporate side of things just, you know, is not, you know, can be great at times for people and just sometimes just not great at all. So, yeah. Was there, do you remember, was there something that um, flipped for you and made you be like, you know what, I'm done. I don't need to keep looking for jobs. This is my thing now. I think after like two or three years, 
uh-huh. once I saw, once you start adding up, you know, revenue, I guess, I guess revenue is what, you know, what I earned basically it's not really much else. Cause I don't have, it's not, can't really say it's a salary at that point. So, right. You know, once I saw that, once I was adding it up, comparing and contrasting to what I made at previous stops and what definitely how I was, you know, paid the last agency, I'm like, okay, there's there's a considerable gap here. Even with some of the things you have to deal with as a freelancer, being self-employed, and also taking into account the lack of a commute, the lack of a 40 <laughs> hour a week job. Right. And this is, you know, this is way before every, anything we've encountered the last few years. Right. And now we're like, hey, this is a pretty good gig if it can, if it's got some, you know, legs to move forward. And thankfully it has for the most part. Yeah. So and, what, was that the number? Like, did you hit the salary that you were making before? And that's where you're like, okay, this is the way to go. Or was it before then? That you're like, oh, I think I'm going to get there. And then more than that. I think it was a combination. Of, I didn't really have any benchmarks or expectations into measuring it up one versus the other. But it became pretty clear after, like I said, after two, three years and seeing, you know, tracking some numbers and versus what, you know, benefits or lack thereof of being at where I used to be. There's, it's like, okay, this is, you know, you know, I've got some staying power. I've got some pretty good connections to start, you know, again, you know, freelancing, you know, is not for everybody, but you know, the, uh, the path I saw myself on was, you know, this like, okay, this, this is something that might work and, it, and thankfully it has. So there was no, like, there was no like one moment, obviously it's like, you can't pinpoint a date or anything, but it's like, all right. Okay, th this, might, this might be good. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. So the way you're kind of... Um explaining this, it makes me feel like this next question it kind of fits perfectly in. Um, so think about like stress and managing stress um, and now doing it on your own versus working before. It sounds like you had, you worked less hours um, for making reasonably the, the same amount of money or, or close to, or, you know, whatever it was that you needed. Um, do you feel like your, your stress was less or more when you started doing this on your own? And and how have you managed that over time? I think the stress was more in line with, okay, how am I going to get clients? And that's still a stress all the time, no matter what. For, for even, you know, for entrepreneurs, self-employed, freelancers, even, you know, goes back to even if I was at an agency, even though I didn't handle any of the account new business side of things, you know, they're always, you know, because agencies get dumped by clients all the time. So it's, it's sort of, you're all in the same boat and it's like, but with me, I've got a hundred percent say in who I work with. And the biggest differential is I don't work for anybody anymore. 
I work with my clients who I consider partners, but I work for one person and you're looking at them. Yeah. And that's a big difference because you're not, you can do what you want. You know, I could take a two hour lunch every day and nobody's going to know the difference because as long as I get the work done, as long as you get results and you've seen that shift, especially, you know, post COVID, like, okay, we don't need big corporate offices. Yeah. We don't need 40-hour work weeks. Now, new trend, we don't need five hour, five days of a work week anymore even. Yeah. And I that's one thing I do. I try to schedule, okay, I'll, I'll take meetings four days a week and scan them, but I need, you know, one day a week, I'm doing nothing but work and whatever else I need to get done. Yeah. So do, do you feel like um, this stress uh, and having to worry about clients and all that, um, do you feel like that's more or less or the same as when you were working at an agency or corporate or, or whatever? It's, it's more of a stress in terms of, okay, because I, I, I need clients, so I don't make any money. Right. It's less of, it's not as stressful overall as actually working 50 plus hours a week yeah. at an agency for, you know, less than what I was making, adding on a 60 minute commute, perhaps, right. you know, some days on a bad day. Yeah. Trying to get out of certain parts of Atlanta that will remain nameless, (laughs) sort of near where you went to school. But um, (laughs) it's one of the things like, yeah, technology has been a massive help with this. But again, when I first started, yeah, we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have much of podcasting. We didn't have everything remotes. We didn't have Google Meet. We didn't have right a lot of technologies I could do. Not like, you know, you know, I haven't, you know, I still will go on site to see clients if they request it. But, you know, and a lot of them were like, hey, you know, we can get this done in 10 minutes. Send me a link or, you know, we'll schedule a meeting and hash stuff out and it yeah. makes so, things a lot makes things a lot easier on everybody. Yeah. So now now that you've been doing this for a good decade now, um or or more, yeah. um, how have you been balancing then work with like life and family and friends and all of those things, right? It's it's really easy for those of us that have our own companies to or, or businesses to let that bleed into everything else, right? Because like you said, you've got one boss, that's you. Um, and that boss will let you work as much as you want. And that could become a a lot, right? So, um, how do you control kind of that? Uh, self-discipline and family always comes first. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been a client. And honestly, most of my clients are very reasonable. Know about my family and how it's, you know, grown so yeah they're all you know these good long-time clients aren't you know they know hey and they're because they they deal with the same thing you know they're right it's not just you know it's not (laughs) like i'm the only one out here you know freelancing with you know no nobody freelancing or working full-time has no responsibilities obviously yeah everybody's got a family right but for me it's like yeah my work revolves around my family not the other way around, if that makes sense in terms of, and, and that's just not, that's also in terms of 
scheduling my hours and scheduling meetings and times to talk to people and windows that make sense for me. Yeah. Is like, it, do you limit the, the amount of hours per week that you work? Do you have like a fixed number that you're like, I'm never going to go over this number? No, but I know like I know when I've set up my meetings and with my calendar links and all that every week, it's okay. I know, okay, this is when I'm going to be out of the house for various reasons, school, right. you know, meeting with people, whatever. And then I'm going back. Okay. This is, okay, this is, the, these are the, and that's why I use Calendly is one of the best tools out there. And like, here it is. You know, some people get put off by it. I'm like, you know what? That's just the way, it, you know, too bad. <laughs> that's the way it is. Like, I'm not going to do a call at 9 a.m. when I know I'm not going to be at the home. I'm not going to do a call at 4.30 p.m. when I have two kids running around here. Right. It, it just, you know, you know, just keep it simple. Like, you know, let's just, you know, work and get things done when you can in terms of when you have the most time to be productive and things to yourself, essentially. Yeah. We, we talked at the, the top end of the show about uh, debunking myths about freelancing. Right. Um, is there like a myth that you thought or, or, or you hear about a lot that you'd like to debunk? Well, I think, I think especially a few years ago, people were like, well, the whole deal, like you need an agency for certain things. And you definitely do for certain things, depending on your line of business, especially in this world of digital media, like, you know, especially when it comes to things like I got to build a website or if I'm running like an e-commerce store and things like that, you know, you need a agency to handle your, like if it's all, you know, if it's a full digital web agency, you're talking about website hosting, website construction, you know, constant, you know, URL and page management, content writing, SEO, social page search, you know, whatever else falls under that. Yeah, it's a lot depending on what you want to do. But there's also the myth that one person can be an expert in everything. And I find that very hard to believe. Like, I tell people, like, yeah, I don't do website development. I don't do hosting. I don't do content writing. I don't blog. I don't do social media management. I don't do SEO. I do Google advertising. And I'm very good at it. And if you want somebody else, I can find you a referral. But people who tell me, I, you know, there are definitely people who can do SEO and paid search both very well. And there are people who you know, do that. But to stack things on top of that and become not just proficient, but making sure you're an expert and making sure you're an expert enough where clients can trust you to do it all, that's where you got to be careful when choosing a freelancer versus an agency. Yeah. If you need a whole bundle of services, there are great agencies in this town that I could refer you to for very various things. But if you but if you're looking for a specialist, that's where I think a freelancer comes best. And the other thing I'll say, the biggest myth with freelancers, oh, they can't do the same quality of work. And after 10 plus years, I think I've debunked that because my work's been pretty good. I'm not, I'm not the best. I'm not the, you know, I'm not in the top 10 paid search experts in the universe, but with a guaranteed 
income of zero every year, I think I've done pretty well. And that's that's the biggest thing. Is like, hey, if I wasn't any good at this, I wouldn't still be doing it. Yeah, because I got to you got to make you got to make money. Yeah. So thinking back about your your ten plus years of doing this, um, you you've picked up a lot of of learnings and lessons along the way. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you do differently and why? Uh, I'd probably be more proactive at vetting certain clients. Mainly because, listen, not everybody is going to be on the same wavelength as you. Not everybody's going to be easygoing. Not everybody's going to be professional or cordial. And it's, you know, you got to work with people you want to work with. And, you know, how much is the trade-off between income versus stress and headaches from clients? And sometimes you got to know, you know, the ROI is not there. First of all, it's, it's sometimes that makes the call a lot easier, but you can say, Hey, this isn't going to work out, you know, and say, here you go. And then move on to others, whatever's next. Because listen, there are a lot of good people in this industry, but there are sometimes not so good people, especially in the advertising industry as well. Well, and, and I think that's true across almost all industries, right? And Correct. I think that's the thing that you're touching on is is a hard thing for entrepreneurs, uh, especially when they're starting, right? Because you want to just grab every dollar because you're like, I don't know if there's another dollar that's coming after that. Correct. Um, and so it, it becomes really hard to say no to some business, even though maybe in your gut, you know that this is not a good fit. Um and right. have you, did, when you were starting out, did you have to do that? And how did you deal with it if you did have to do no, that? No, I, but I learned pretty quickly dealing yeah. with, you know, some, some places that, you know, these aren't, these aren't good people. Yeah. Times, and that's really the bottom yeah. line is, you know, sometimes, you know. They, they weren't is, good people for you, maybe is, is what they were, right? They or maybe well, I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they just weren't good people in general. <laughs> they were, they were just not yeah. very, you know, and you can tell by the way they not interact with me. You could see how they interact in email. Yeah. Socialize with their employees as well. And I've seen that firsthand. Yeah. It's like, okay, this guy is just not, you know, does not get it or he's not a right. good person or. Yeah. There's, you know, there's not Life, life's too short to deal with people that are, that are not good people. So, right. I mean, yeah, people get frustrated and they, you can have disagreements and you can yeah go back and forth about things like strategy and things, but I don't need you emailing me at, you know, 1045 at night berating me with questions because I'm not going to answer you first of all. <laughs> and when you, when you know, you've, when I know I've, especially when it's like, yes, I've answered this three times and yet you still don't want to understand or you're conveniently forgetting things. Yeah. So it yeah. makes it a challenge. So I've learned to vet that pretty well. And if I know, Hey, this, if the opportunity is good, I'll take it, but it's going to be a short term on my, right. On my terms, basically. What what would you tell somebody who's thinking about taking Now, You took the leap uh, accidentally uh, by, right. by just happenstance, but now thinking about somebody else who's like, 
think thoughtfully thinking this through and trying to take the leap and launch a side hustle or a small business, um, what would you, what advice would you give that person? Uh, don't be afraid to just contact people, reach out. If they say no, they say no, whatever. Um, definitely have a plan, but don't feel like it's going to be etched in stone because it's not get a good lawyer, get a, get a great accountant because those are going to be important for you. Cause you know, going from being employed full-time to yourself is going to be a big difference, especially when you have, you know, with taxes, that's one thing. And with dealing with some clients, especially in the non-paying type of clients, that's where a good attorney can be helpful to collect funds in. That is not uncommon with a lot of freelancers because they sometimes clients may think, well, they're a freelancer. What resources do they really have to come after me? Well, right. you know, everybody knows somebody once in a while. And uh, that thankfully I haven't not had, I think 90 I, 95 plus percent of my clients have been great in terms of fulfilling their sides of the contract and things like that. But, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to reach out outside of your own uh, resources. Put it that way. A, a, a gentle nudge from a, a, a helpful third party is, is sometimes good. <laughs> Correct. Uh, um, Josh, listen, this has been um, a fantastic conversation. I, I love kind of your history of, of doing all of this and, and being an excellent accidental entrepreneur um where if our listeners are interested where can they find and connect with you you can find me on linkedin obviously that's always the easiest way it's josh bernstein media and you'll you'll see my picture and you'll see big banner about you know linkedin and not linkedin i mean about google ads and all my <laughs> experience obviously uh, you can find me at jdbmedia.com that's my website it is not the greatest website plus showing you that I am not a website design expert, but you will find uh, recommendations, client history, which ranges from e-commerce, nonprofit, retail, uh, travel, medical, service industries, things like that. So, and the one thing, I know we haven't really talked about Google ads itself a lot, but the one thing I'll say is you, if you have a business and need to get, qualified leads, this is the best channel for you because with Google ads, people are already actively searching for your products or services all the time somewhere. So why not capture them when they're looking for you? You don't go looking for them. They come looking for you within your service area. And the best thing, nobody really talks about this with Google ads. There is no minimum or maximum spend you're free to spend as little or as you, much as you want per day. And that's a big plus, I think. Awesome. Well, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's, it's been a blast and I uh, hope we can do it again soon and really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, 
please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com.